Well, it's week seven already of the Cheltenham Only Better podcast. I do not know where time has gone. We must be about halfway through now, which is just absolutely crazy. Once again, we've got Betfair tipster Daryl Carter and also ex-jump jockey turned um, bloodstock agent Jeremy McGrath. Unfortunately, we haven't got a star guest this week. So, guys, you got, you're going to have to step up to the mark. We need... Big things from both of you guys today. So no pressure or anything. Um, hopefully you guys are both well and enjoyed the recent action. Um, looks like we're going to be slightly done by the weather this week. Um, but sort of only an hour ago, I suppose, um, Gaelic Warrior once again absolutely bolted up. I don't know if we learned any more or not. Um, but we might as well go over a couple of the highlights. So, Daryl, um, Anything you particularly enjoyed from the weekend? Hope you obviously had a, a good week um, as well. But anything that stood out for you over over the last week? Not really. I, I kind of find that the racing has been a little bit below par uh, at this time of year. Not to start, not to start on a, off on a negative note, but uh, that's just just the way it is after the big Christmas bonanza, if you like. We're just sort of going for a bit of a quiet period. Uh, we saw Great Dawning. Win the Leamington Novices Hurdle at Warwick and heavy ground. Oh, that race is just yuck, isn't it? Like <laughs> the last few years, that race is just, it's, I don't know, it's just not, it's not been the quality of horse in there, I suppose, that we're used to seeing from years past. Now, the handicap has given Grey Dawn a rating of 141. 141, that makes him, if I'm correct, someone will have to correct me, the listener, if, I, if I'm completely wrong, but. I think that makes him the second highest rate hurdler in Britain behind Hermes Allen. Um, um, yeah, like that's like it, the handicapper must have been having a few drinks when he was doing that because that <laughs> that that's not right at all. Like like his previous start, he had beaten a horse uh, off a handicap mark of 123 and exposed 15 race six year old by two lengths, and now all of a sudden he's rated 140. Like it's just nonsense. He's got no chance in a Bartlett, surely. Absolutely no chance. But um, yeah, it was a good week. And just you touching there on uh, star guest, I do look at you, Jerry, as a star guest. I must admit, <laughs> mate. Honestly, you know, I'm a big fan of yours. You are definitely star guest a star and guest. a regular. We're spoiled. Yeah. What a uh, last last week you were sucking up to Megan because you were tipping all Paul Nichols horses. Now you're you you must be looking for something for sure. Yeah, always there's always a reason behind it, Jerry. Don't be fooled. Yeah, don't worry. I'm not going to get lured into that trap this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jerry, what about you? Did you have one sort of standout over over the weekend? Um, as Daryl said, the the ground in, in places was pretty atrocious, but we still had some good winners. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose the two I'm going to kind of kind of pick up on really are the two two chases from uh, Warwick on Saturday I was very impressed with Haddock's Desobo of Gary Moore's and Jamie Moore um, mm-hmm. the owner of Oliver Harris he's invested an awful lot of money into the industry lately into the game and he's getting rewarded he's having a few winners and I thought this lad I thought he was massively impressive and uh, just the way he jumped especially on Warwick it was incredible from fence to fence he was making lengths uh, handicapper didn't miss him he's 146 um, so yeah, it'll be interesting what route they go down with them at Cheltenham. Whether they um, whether they go down the handicap route in the Grand Annual, or whether they you know go 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 bold and go for the Arkle. But just the way he jumped and travelled through the race today, I thought was very impressive. Um, not sure he beat a whole lot, but it's just just the distance he put. Even even once he turned in, the distance he put between himself and the and the rest of the field was incredible. Is there um, a big sorry, Jay? Is there a big advantage riding from the front at Warwick? It there always seems to be like it really tends to suit front runners. Can those distances be exaggerated? Is it is there a bias to racing from the front at Warwick? 
Yeah, I suppose everyone, like a lot of people kind of say Warwick's a big galloping track, but it's an, it's a lot sharper than you think. And especially if you don't jump well, um, if you have to make up ground down the back and you miss a fence, you're on the back foot very quickly, especially if the winner or the front, the horse making the running is, is winging fences, you're on the back foot and like you turn for home and, you know, that bend rides very quick, you know, a lot of, a lot of races change, you know, from, especially in bumpers, I always think like you have to kind of make your move, leaving the back and bumpers around Warwick, because when you straighten up, you don't actually have as far as you think. But yeah, like I said, when you're on a good jumper like that, you can just make links. And I just thought he was extremely impressive on Saturday. And I suppose the other one that I thought was good was the mayor in the grade two novice chase, Gallia de la Two of Harry mm-hmm. Skelton, Dan Skelton. Um, I they thought, had a good weekend again. Yeah, incredible. I just thought Harry gave her a great ride. Like she obviously made a nasty mistake at Kempton. Um, I suppose you would have been worried of her maybe just losing a bit of confidence or whatever. But I thought the way he made the running, he dictated from the front. He gave her a chance, but her jumping was exceptional again. And um, I just think she's got a great attitude. She's a very natural mare over fences. She won a listed chase around Bangor on debut. Um, so that says enough. But yeah, it'd be just interesting. Like she's in the betting now for the Brown Advisory over three miles. And obviously they had the option of the mares, but I wouldn't be surprised if they took on the Geldings in the in the over three miles. Took, took the weight advantage. Yeah, definitely. She doesn't look the biggest mare in the world, but getting seven pounds off the lads, I think, you know, I think she'd um, she'd run a big race in the Brown Advisory. Not saying she'd win, but I do think she'd run a very big race. Yeah, interesting you said that actually, because I was at Kempton when she ran, um, looking for them in the paddock, and obviously complete unknown. Um, one of Dad's horses ran against her this weekend and he's not small and I didn't think he towered above her and at Kempton I thought she had enough size and scope um but obviously yeah and I, I just kind of looked like you, you saw her in the flesh I was only kind of looking yeah. at TV I just didn't think she looked the biggest but god the way she jumped and traveled the other day was incredible I thought yeah she was she was she was very good she's 14 to 1 now from 33 for the mares um and the other horse that you mentioned haddock de zobo is 20 20 to 1 for the arc obviously we aren't sure whether that will be the route he'll go or whether he'll go kind of handicap um handicap route, in, route instead a couple of options there regarding them um and we better mention a couple from um ireland as well who've been pretty impressive over recent um recent days in imperia passe Emperia Pass. I'm not quite sure how we <laughs> pronounce that correctly. Daryl, you can correct me. Six to one for the Ballymore, seven to one for the Supreme. What kind of direction do you think that um, he's going to be going? It's, I mean, it's very difficult to, to try and see where Willie Mullins wants to go with these horses. But uh, if, if you sort of want to try and couple them up a little bit, I, um, I could see perhaps him and Gaelic Warrior maybe both going for the for the Ballymore. Um, I don't know if they'd want to run Imperia Pass at at Fasal Vega now he normally does run another one in the Supreme but it's normally you know a lesser horse perhaps for experience perhaps looking forward to next year but this horse is quite nice yeah he's uh, I wasn't overly sold on him the first time I the first time I watched him or the second time I watched or, or the latest running really until I watched it back again before we did the podcast today and um, yeah he's, he's quite nice all of his best work was coming after the final flight I thought um, uh, and Jerry mentioned earlier when we was talking before off air that he'd saw him on debut and he'd hit the line really hard uh, I can see him going over two and a half sure I can um, uh, it, it's, it's, it's an open belly more so yeah look he's a nice horse it's going to be interesting to see where he goes for sure yeah it will be I, when you have a problem when you've got too many good horses it's never a bad one is it but um, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's hard to know where they're going to split I thought this was like you, more likely to go to the Ballymore. And I actually half thought that maybe Gaelic Warrior wouldn't step up. 
I don't know. I kind of think that Basil Vega, although it has been impressive, if any of them look like they're the weaker one, I, I, I still think that she can be beaten. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Um, Jerry, what do you think? What direction do you think this horse is going to go in? And have you been impressed by him? I think like we can have as many opinions about where this horse is going to go. But like Willie Mullins, <laughs> we all know that he's just, whether he doesn't even know himself or what, but he will just mm. do what he wants to do. I even get the impression sometimes that likes of Ruby Walsh, David Casey, they probably don't even know where these horses are going. <laughs> yet, never mind. They'll all be entered in all the races, won't they? Yeah, exactly. And like you know yourself, there's still, was it eight weeks to Chatham, roughly? I don't know. But there's mm. you know, plenty can go wrong. So he's in a great position that he's got a few backed up. Um, I do like, it must be very frustrating for other Irish trainers at the moment, though. Like when you see these horses, they're not even anything, not even just from the trainer's point of view, from like even from spectators or punters, it's very uncompetitive at the moment. These novice hurdles, these novice chases, even these bumpers to, to an extent in Ireland. Mm. Um, it, I'd say I just imagine it being very soul destroying for the smaller trainers, and um, it's very, you know dominated by the top couple of trainers but that that's like I said there's no point we're not going to change that um, but yeah I, I agree I think he'll probably go two and a half um, like Daryl said there when this lad won his maiden hurdle I just I couldn't believe the way he hit the line and it's incredible if you actually look back at his French French race he ran in a bumper and it was a terrible race and I don't think any, any of it's worked out there's only three runners um, so yeah he was, he was a very good buy by Anthony Bromley and the lads uh, but yeah fair play he looks he looks really to be a force to be reckoned with over I think he'll go two and a half it'll be interesting we'll uh, be keeping an eye on everything over the next coming, coming weeks hopefully obviously all the horses get there in one piece uh, Dublin Dublin Racing Festival could tell us a little bit more about a couple of horses um, another one we'll mention as well who has shortened right up to favouritism 6-4 for the Mayor's Chase is in Imper- impervious um, again a winner um, this weekend now it, it was a it was an impressive performance in a respect but I wasn't blown away I was shocked by the big move to seven to four favorite I thought that was pretty sh- uh, short for them for the mayors uh, Daryl what did you think yeah, uh, yeah, I can see. I think people are latching onto the fact that JP's obviously bought her in line with, with with a move to the festival. The Turner's entries came out today. She's not in that, so she's definitely going to to the mayor's uh, mayor's chase. So you, you've got your target there. Um, look, she she was good here. I thought I thought she travelled well. She jumped well. She was under a penalty, so she wasn't getting the weight off the boys. She she beat Journey with me pretty comfortably. I thought uh, who has a Turner's entry only. Um, yeah, she was quite impressive. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I really like Allegory de Vassi. I think she looks more like a gelding than a, than a, than a mare. Whereas when you watch Impervious running around with these, with these boys, um, she was very sort of, um, do you know what I mean? She was swamped in stature, if you like. And I just wonder how much improvement throughout the season she's going to have. Whereas mm. I look at someone like Allegory de Vassi and think, Christ, she's just going to get fitter and stronger and stronger throughout the year. Look, it's going to be a fascinating contest between the two. Uh, you can't touch any of their prices at the moment, it's seven to four and six to four for, uh, from an anti-post perspective. But it'll be a cracking race if they both get there. That's for sure. I think Dalia de la Torre, like like Jerry said, fourteen to one looks a pretty attractive kind of price. Um, I think she's as big as that because of what happened at Kempton. But forgive her that. Then she's maybe overpriced for the mayor's chase. Um, impervious. I slightly concerned that she maybe lacks a gear. Jerry, what do you think? She was given sort of half a patient ride early, but kind of an aggressive ride in the latter part of the race. It wasn't going to be a case of 
she's going to get done for toe. They wanted to make sure it was a, a stamina test ultimately. Yeah, definitely. I thought, and I, like I just think it was brilliant for Colin Murphy as well. You know that um, obviously he he kind of packed up training for a while. He's back in the game now, and just great to see that JP gave him the faith to to buy the horse to leave the horse in the yard, and and it was a big big kind of shout take on the Geldings. You know, it would have been very easy to try go down the mare's route, but um, I suppose like I just mentioned earlier, if he went down the mare's route, he might have been taking on even better mares of Willie Mullins's and Gordon's and stuff like that. So it probably was a good bit of placing. Um, and I agree, she doesn't look the biggest filly in the world. Um, I would still be, I, if I did, I think they're both very short price. And if I had a choice of back in either, I'd be going with uh, Aligal Devassi as well. Um, I agree with Dara, I think she's a bigger, scopier mare. Um, but I suppose on, on the height of it, it doesn't look the strongest race in the world at the moment, does it? Um, but like I said, I, I'd definitely be Gally. If, if the skeletons confirmed she was going there and not going three miles, I'd be definitely tempted to back her each way at 14 to 1. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what trip she kind of ends up going. I, I, she's got, I think she's got enough pace to, to come back slightly. Yeah, especially against the mares, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. But I, 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 yeah, I think it would be an easier race for her to go to the mares than, than it would be to, to be stepping up in trip. Um, anyway, let's move on to our two sort of showcase races this week. We'll start um, firstly with the Triumph Hurdle. Uh, we've got Lossy Mouth's favourite at the moment, 11 to 8. Uh, Blood Destiny shortened from 12 to 1 into 7 to 2. So quite a big move there. Um, we'll start with both, both of them. Obviously, um, they are stable mates. Daryl, have you got a preference over either of these? And would you be kind of siding with a Willie Mullins at this stage? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have definitely got a preference. That's for Blood Destiny. Um, I'll put this horse up on the uh, Cheltenham Festival Focus column at 33 to 1 before he... Uh, Poor he ran in Ireland. Uh, the reason I did that is because he ran on the same card as Lossie Mouth uh, on his debut, and he was 20 lengths faster over the same course and distance. She ran half an hour later. So I thought that was a little angle in. Uh, he obviously went to Willie Mullins. He finished second behind Bo Zenef. Bo Zenef went to Gary Moore. Um, but he was the eye catcher in the race, if you like. Um, I think he's I think he's bloody good. I, I, I generally do. And I've probably got a little bit of that big price sort of bias towards him i suppose but i think he's good i i loved everything about his debut performance i loved how quick and slick he was over his hurdles there especially when he was just asked to pick up a little bit on debut he, he pinged the last it was very very impressive um he went a good gallop uh on his latest outing uh he got a bit of a breather coming to the second last and he paul Townend just literally moved his wrists down his neck and he picked up very impressively between the second last and the last. He made a little bit of a hash of the last, but he flicked his toe after the last, changed his legs, and he quickened away again. And it was all just so easy for him. I mean, he was, uh, Paul Townend said he wasn't doing it a lot when he was, you know, just dossing around in front. He was just very idle. And he came out and said he didn't, he, it was a nothing race for him. I think they like him quite a lot. The, the, the impressive thing is, is that he was given an RPR of 150, 145, a racing post rate of 145. That's two pounds shy of what Vauban did when winning the Triumph last year. Vauban recorded 144 in his start before the Triumph. And if you go back through the years, you're looking at that sort of range for Triumph winners. Quilixios, Goshen, Sir Eric was 146. So he's definitely in the right ballpark to be at the top of this market. Uh, that's for sure. The other thing about him is, is I like the way... I like the way he he strides out. I think he leads on his left four. I mean, you guys will be able to tell me if I'm if I've got that mistaken, but I definitely think he's leading with his left four. So I, that would tell me that going back, going left-handed 
will will suit him even better. So I'm quite excited by him. I like him a lot. I'd have him over Lossy Mouth. Um, definitely, even now at the price at five to one, I'd happily back him because of that time figure in France. Um, and yeah, he quite excites me for this race. I think he's I think he's pretty darn good. Be interesting to see. They've both got an entry in the Spring Juvenile at Leopard Sound. Um, be interesting to see if they take each other on. Willie, I was just looking through trying to count. I think he's got about five entries in that race. Um, maybe six, maybe seven. They keep on coming <laughs> as I flip through. So it'll be interesting to see um, which goes if any of them take each other on. Uh, left-handed at Leopard Sound as well, so we'll, we'll know a bit more about that theory also. Um, Jerry, from a jockey's point of view, who do you think Paul Townend's going to be leaning towards at this stage? Yeah, that's that's probably going to be one of his. Yeah, I suppose he's in a very lucky position. He makes this kind of call on a regular basis, but I think it's going to be very hard for him to both of them line up there in in Cheltenham. But it's it's going to be tough. Um, and what I like about these two horses, and I know I touched on it before, I do think these are horses that are going to keep going forward as well. I don't think they're just juveniles. We're not just going to hear about them this year. I think they're actually they t- they, to me the both of them look like they'll actually jump a fence in two years' time. That's what I really like about these horses. Um, because sometimes these juveniles, they can be very kind of sharp types and we see them for 12 months and they kind of disappear or go back on the flat or kind of just, you know, go backwards. But I do I do think these are proper horses that we'll see for the next couple of years going forward. Um, I agree. I'm what what I I really like that um Blood Destiny. And what I really like about this lad is Willie Mullins, when he won at Cork and debut, Willie did an interview after us and said, this lad, we were a bit worried because he doesn't show anything at home. They like they generally thought he was not much good. And but um, but I, that's what I like about kind of horses like that that don't show too, show too much at home. But he was so impressive his last two runs. But like the race the other day, that was just like I actually was surprised some of the jockeys in behind didn't get called in for you know giving the horse in front such an advantage in such an easy time. It was just <laughs> It was pointless, really. You know, it just it just proves that these horses can jump and travel. Like I genuinely think he probably would have done more at Clon Sutton on a work morning than he did in mm. in that race the other day. It was just, but he he's just a very very decent animal. Um, and I just think we're at that stage now of the season. I don't think we're going to have many horses coming out making their seasonal debuts now for the like as in juvenile wise. I know your dad mm. obviously ran two at Taunton last week, and that's yeah, that rare Middleton. That's one I wanted to touch on. I thought he's a very, very interesting, unexposed flat horse, and he can obviously jump too. Yeah, um, he was for me probably less impressive than Affidel um on the day at Taunton, but kind of for they they both won snug but dif- for different reasons that they, they, they've kind of both had a little bit of a rushed first run i suppose um just in the respect of they've done their work nicely and obviously they scored scored well too but they weren't really tuned up and you could see the immaturity in both of them Affidil especially he is a bit of a boyo at home and he's cheeky and he's dropped a couple of riders and you could see that coming into the first hurdle at Taunton. He thought, not sure if I want Harry to come around with me the whole way or not. Um, whereas Red Middleton was more professional in that respect, but still showed immaturity. They're both going to have another run and that will tell us whether they'll go for the triumph or not. One will go to Kempton, one will go to Haydock. I think it'll be more likely Red Middleton will end up in the Adonis at Kempton because likelihood is the ground will be better. Affidil should handle softer ground at Haydock um, if the ground is that way. He is a um, son of, it's on the tip of my tongue. Is he Camelot? Don't tell me. No, don't tell me because he's Camelot. 
Um, so he shouldn't, I don't know why that was mind blank, but he shouldn't have a have a problem with it. If you're checking this and it's wrong, I'm going to have to. <laughs> no, my hands are here. So I'm right. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the kind of really Mullen sources slash four nickel sources touched on. Um, Lossy mouth, just quickly for me, the only thing I have slight concern over her is she's running especially last time, pretty muddling race and the triumph isn't going to be such stop-start pace. Obviously, they're going to go relentless gallop. Um, I think Paul, Paul Downham will go Blood Destiny as well. So all three of us could be made a fool of here. Um, but I think that's the way he'll end up going because, I don't know, I just think he's maybe that bit classier for Cheltenham, maybe. Just a little bit more class. But we'll see. Um, Moving on to another English runner, potential runner, Jupiter de Geit, who obviously has only had one start um, in this country and over hurdles, in fact, and that was at Newbury for Gary Moore. Uh, he is in at the moment at 12 to 1. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him now. He hasn't got any entries going forward, but no doubt he'll run in one of those trials, um, whether he goes to Kempton or Haydock as well. Um what were your thoughts on him, Daryl? Soft ground at Newbury, 66 to 1. But he was kind of impressive. Yeah, I like him quite a lot, actually. I backed him as well. Um, I backed the two, Blood Destiny and Jupiter de Geer, to take on the Fav. Uh, look, he could be anything. Um, the way he won, he came through that line at Newbury, like, he didn't know what just happened. Like <laughs> he was like, even coming down to last, he was still almost like fighting for his head, showing that immaturity and that greenness. And, but he's just he's just galloped them into submission. Like I was, I was. I've got to be honest with you. When I first watched it, I thought, "What's happened here for this horse to win by fifteen lengths?" You know, sometimes you normally find that when a horse wins by a big distance, they've gone slow early and he's kicked away at the front, or you know, a lot of them haven't handled ground or whatever. But he was just relentless from start to finish. Um, he jumped beautifully. He, he strides out lovely. Um, and he's just got some engine on him. I I do think that a lot of people are taking a bit of a chance in underestimating him here. You know, it, I think he's going to go to the Adonis. If he goes and hacks up in the Adonis, all of a sudden this becomes a real race and Britain have got a real chance. Um, I, I guess the reason people are kind of underestimating him at the moment is because he's only had one race from start over here and he's got no definite plan. Like you say, could well go to Kempton, but I, I presume that's why people are slightly overlooking him. Yeah, but yeah, perhaps. And and Gary Moore's comments before as well, I suppose, are a slight concern, given that he said that he almost jumped through the roof twice when he was trying to saddle him. And mm. and you've got to sort of think of the prelims at Cheltenham, you know, with thousands of people around. He could be the type to boil over, but he could also be the type, you know, that's got a superstar potential under there. Um, and I don't want to get carried away. Obviously, he's only just had one run, and he could be complete a complete dud next time. But from what we've seen, the time was good, um, and. Hey, looks, he just looks really nice. Uh, he's the type of horse that could be five to two after his next run, or mm. he could be 66 to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one or other. Um, Jerry, we saw Comfort Zone winning at Chepso, came over here for now, what is a grade two, and beat Dixon Cove that day. Comfort Zone is 14 to one for Triumph, Dixon Cove 25 to one. Um, would either of them have shown enough for you to be confident? Uh, going into Cheltenham or not? Um, comfort zone. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say I think he's going to win the triumph, but I do think that race at Chepstow. 
it was a very muddling race. Um, this lad and even John Judd spoke about it afterwards. Like, you know, Joseph's instructions were to keep it simple. And he said he just did everything totally opposite to that. He just, he was further back than he wanted to be. He didn't go very quick. It was a messy race. Um, I thought he probably did well to win. And I just loved his attitude from, from two out to the line. He really wanted it. And obviously the second horse has come out and won again since, hasn't he? Gary Moore's horse. So it's kind of Frank, he was third, I think, Gary Moore's horse. So yeah, third, yeah. Form. But yeah, I just, I'm not saying he's going to win, but I just do think he's been overlooked a small bit. That race has been, you know, the Chepstow race has been downgraded to a grade two this year. So it's probably lost a small bit of his prestige. And I just think people are just kind of, um, they're not taking him seriously enough. He's, he's a good horse. He was a good flat horse as well. People have to remember that. Um, yeah, 86 flat rated, yeah. Not saying he's going to win the triumph, but I do think if he runs, he's going to be competitive definitely in the first three or four. I think you know. Do, do you think that we could potentially see an option of him running um, in a hand, in the handicap instead um, in the Fred Winter or Boodles, yeah. I should say? Yeah, definitely. I suppose with with connections, especially with the owner, he loves running horses in handicapped, especially if they think he's well in or whatever. It'll be interesting to see what sort of English mark he gets mm. if he is, does get an entry in the Fred Winter. We can judge him on like his, his RPR ratings, racing post ratings, sort of to see what what sort of region he's going to get. I mean, like if you're, if you're a juvenile and you're clocking an RPR of around 140, you, there's no chance you're going for a handicap. If you're clocking mm. around 130, he could be, which he has been, he's done 124, yeah. 130, 126. We could be looking at a 130 handicap mark, which would be appealing. He's got an entry in the Spring Juvenile at the Dublin Racing Festival. So mm. obviously we won't know too much about Boodle handicap marks until after that race is run. It'd be interesting to see what they do with him in that spring juvenile. Cause he's already been very well beaten by lossy mouth. Will they just yeah. give him a run out the back sort of thing and look for a mark? Yeah. I'd, it'd be interesting. I guess if they do run him, they'll know where they stand in the regards to the triumph. Um, but if you know, it, it's hard to know I, on the back of what he did at check though, I would probably be avoiding that. And and because you know he's had three runs now, so he he certainly qualifies for for a mark. Um, it's just a case of entering him and, and getting it. So whether he runs or not would be interesting to see. We were just discussing the fact um, if he had a nice mark, could he go for the Boodles instead of the Triumph Hurdle? He's running to a Racing Post rating of around 130, which would suggest it's not a bad mark to be thinking about it. No, exactly. And especially with connections with JP McManus, um, they'll obviously get a mark and decide. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he went down the handicap route. And I do think he would be competitive off a kind of a, a BHA mark of around 128, 130. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see. We we were just saying when we lost you, I was speaking to Daryl um, just briefly about his entries. He's obviously in the spring juvenile. Um, if he does run, I guess they'll know where he stands. Um, but I kind of, at the same time, wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't go in order to look after the mark that they think they could get. What do you What do you reckon? Yeah, true. It's and I suppose it probably depend too what else what other horses JP will have for the Fred Winter and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I suppose it'd be probably another probably decision they'd probably make closer to time. I'd imagine. Um, one more horse I want to talk about, and then obviously we'll ask you if you've got any. Um, big price um, sort of fancies, but scriptwriter who most recently actually ran on the flat and did win a Wolverhampton, which I don't think is, I, I think he's been more impressive hurdling than, than he had been kind of on the flat, although he obviously ran to a good level. Um, but what do we think with scriptwriter? Is he going to have a, another prep over hurdles uh, or do you think he'll go straight for the triumph? And what are his chances, Daryl? 
absolutely no chance. That's what he's got. None. I don't care no, where they no. prep him. I don't. I don't care where they prep him. I don't think he's got any chance at all. You don't see a, a triumph hurdle horse is not prepped on the flat. I don't care what anyone says. You're not going to see a triumph hurdle winner running at Wolverhampton during the winter. Um, that's just that's not the way. Even it though is. he's got force and distance form. Yeah, mate, it's not. It's not worth anything. It's the second lowest RPR in that race he recorded for the last ten years. Like the lowest was actually Night Salute last year. So mm. same trainer, same same owner. Um, I don't think he's got any chance at all. I think he this this is one of these horses that you see during the year that's just talked up because he was a certain rating on the flat. He'd be better off in the boodles. Four, yeah, he'd be better off in the boodles. Okay, and and Jerry, your opinion on on this? He's got an official mark of 130. So interesting. We were obviously talking about that racing post rating of only 121. Um, where do you think he'll end up going? Yeah, I agree. It's probably one of these, like obviously Milton Harris over the last two seasons has proved he's done very well with um, buying, buying flat horses and sending juvenile hurdling. And to be fair, from fair play for buying this one because traditionally you kind of stay away from horses out of Aiden O'Brien's to go jumping because if they really liked him, Connection would send them across the, across the road to Joseph or whatever. Mm. Usually that's the case. So fair play. They took a chance um, and obviously he's been, they've been rewarded so far. I do agree. I, I don't think he's got any chance of chatting. I'd probably be a horse that I wouldn't be scared of keeping fresh for entry. Um, you know, I'm kind of going down like last year, obviously, their horse disappointed at Chatham and won a grade one of entry afterwards. I wouldn't be against doing the same with this lad, but yeah, I think he's up against it. I just think, like, back to what I said earlier, I think compared to some of the other juveniles that I think they're going to keep progressing and be good horses down the line, I think this could be a horse now physically and everything else might just be around over hurdles. Like, the standard is set so high. Like by the by, those couple at the top of the market that, like you mentioned earlier, about uh, the horses, we're probably not going to see any horses like springing up uh, any sort of surprises at the moment. I, I I completely agree. I think this is going to be one of those markets where it's definitely worth focusing on the top five or six in the betting. Everything else, I think, is is going to struggle to come up to the to the level that's already set, and and I think it's a very high one. I think we've actually got a. Um really strong triumph again. Like the triumph hurdle has always kind of been over the years, a race that produces so many good horses. But I kind of think the last couple, we maybe haven't seen as high a level, but this year seems to be like we're going back in the right direction. And it just seems like we've got a real top class bunch of now four-year-olds. Um, sort of this division looks looks pretty hot. Any um, sort of big prices for either of you that, you want to sort of mention or have we touched on all the horses you think are worth it? We've touched on all the ones I think is worth I still think for, for what it's worth that Jupiter the Geek could look a big price at 12 to 1 or yeah, around 12 to 1 um, if you want to get involved. But I, I wouldn't be getting involved in anything like bigger than that at the moment. And Jerry? No, I'm the same. Nikki isn't going to surprise us with anything? Nope. nope. Sure? <laughs> nope. That was such a short no. I just yeah. are you yeah. sure? He knows the winner, Blood Destiny. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's saying to Nikki, don't bring anything out just in case. But I, I do I do think your horse is interesting, rare Middleton. I just I yeah. like the horse. I love him at sales. Um by claim. I yeah, I think he's interesting. And we can see how he gets on at Kim's Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully Jupiter de Geit and Rare Middleton both go there and we can learn a bit more. Um, script writer, although Daryl doesn't like him, could end up going there also. Um, so we'll see what happens. A couple more trials coming up, and obviously the spring juvenile will tell us more. Also, 
Um, so the second of our races to discuss is the Albert Bartlett, which looks a very much Irish dominated market. I hate to say once again, um, the favorite currently 11 to two and then eight to one or bigger. So we've got pretty strong favorite at the moment in Hidden Valley Lake for Henry de Bromhead. Um, he hasn't done an awful lot wrong so far, that is for sure. Um, so Daryl, what do you think about this horse, Hidden Valley Lake? Yeah, I like him. He's, he's, like you say, he's done absolutely nothing wrong. He was really eye-catching uh, with his finishing effort at Cork. It was a fairly good time that he did that off, so he wasn't just quicken off a slow pace. Um, he's a very, very strong stayer. I can... He's a type of horse that you'd always be worried about backing against because if he's ever in front of you, you can't imagine he's going to be stopping. Uh, so, yeah, he he's a definite player at the top of the market, rightfully at the top of the market. He's going to run in the Nathaniel Lacey at the Dublin Racing Festival. Well, he's not actually, I should say that. He's two to one favourite for the, that, the Nathaniel Lacey at the festival, right? But he is more than likely going to go to the Mercedes-Benz at Clonmel where Henry de Bromred tends to prep his Albert Bartlett horses. So that might be an angle in these anti-post markets at the moment. Um, on the uh, Nathaniel Lacey, you have another horse that's in the Albert Bartlett, but this time Gordon Elliott, American Mike, 12 to 1 currently. Um, is that the way we think he's going to go? And what do we think um, of his price and chances, Jerry? I think this is a very interesting horse. Um, you just you can't get away from the how high regard Gordon Elliott, David Russell, Jamie Todd, how high the race they like. They think this horse like back in his bumper days, they thought this was the next coming as such. Um, and obviously he won he won on Down Royal on early debut, and obviously he was very impressive. He won the six and a half lengths, and he he was disappointing the last. Thing. You can't get away from it. And obviously that was twenty yeah. seventh of November, and we haven't seen him since. So you. Obviously, we're reading between the lines. There's obviously been a bit of an issue there. I don't know how serious or not, but just do you forgive his last run or was there something amiss with him that's going to keep him out a bit longer than we need to? We need to see him again. His next run is very important. There's a stat against him, Jerry, as well. None of the last 14 winners of this race ran in either the Cheltenham or the Aintree bumper. Like, it's one of those, like, I love, like, I'm kind of going on reputation more than my actual opinion of the horse, but it's just, like this was the horse that they really thought was going to be the next kind of big horse to pull into. And it, like I said, it was just, it was too bad to be true the last day. And the fact that that was back in November, you'd be mm. worried that there's something going on behind the scenes there, that the horse is just not right or whatever. But hopefully, well, obviously, hopefully we see him out again beforehand. But I think he'd be a very brave person back in the humanity post for the other Although he won a point to point, he just didn't look slow as a boat in his bumpers. He obviously showed lots of class, but showed enough speed as well. I, I, I'm just, I'm slightly concerned. Not only obviously we haven't seen him for a while, but the fact that he certainly hasn't been, he, he didn't show the same speed that he had done necessarily previously when he ran twice over hurdles this year. I know he won over an extended, well, two and three quarters, wasn't it? And then dropped back. Um, but I don't know. When a horse has shown so much speed as a, in the bumpers and a young horse, I know you get staying bumper winners, but he just seems to have lost a gear. I don't know if I'm wrong here, Jerry. I don't know if you're yeah. completely. I, I know, I know what you mean. Right? But like he's the son of Maler, who I always like. I think any Maler that wins a bumper is obviously above average a lot of the time because a lot. I see Maler as being proper middle distance staying types, and 
I'd often, like you'd run a, run a half a mile in a bumper and just for experience more than usual. And to do what he did in bumpers over two miles, being a son of man out of the, I don't know what the mayor was by now, but I just I just thought the further he was going to go, the better he was going to be. And the fact that they didn't just start him off over two miles over hurdles was interesting too. So whether he just lost a bit of speed over, like you said, over the summer and they just, they really want to campaign him as a stayer. But to run him over two miles six on hurdle debut, I thought it was a bit unusual. Um, mm. you'd imagine most trainers would start him off over two, two and a half and, and all his go up, I suppose. But yes, yeah, yeah. like you said, there might be something there. Maybe he's not a genuine stare. I don't know. Probably because probably they knew he couldn't jump. They didn't want to chuck him in a two-mile race because he can't jump for Toffee. <laughs> that's probably what it is. Maybe the game's jumping. If he can't jump, might have, get out. Might, that's why we haven't seen him probably. Probably you know, there might be something there. The, the thing is, when we did last see him, it did seem as if there was an issue because if he was, if he didn't have the speed anymore, you'd think he would just sort of plug on, whereas he went the opposite way. He went backwards quite quickly and was weakening and started to look awkward. So maybe there's an issue. So interesting, 12 to 1. I don't know whether that's good or not really. Um, Sandor Klejan is currently second favourite, eight to one. I just still think this race is so open. If this horse is second favourite, having won, uh, he was second over two miles to start with. He won at Punchdown last time in a maiden hurdle. Again, that was in November. And he's currently second second in the market. I mean, that just surely says enough about this race, Daryl. Yeah, it wasn't a great maiden early one either. I know Green Glory was back there, but he was being handicapped at the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he said he's not for me. I mean, I've got a lot. I've got a long sh- like short list. Of, so Champ Kylie's one that I'm, I'm pretty interested in if he comes here, right? Now the reason I think he might come here because, I, like I said, I think that perhaps Fasol Vega and something else will go supreme. I think that Gaelic Warrior maybe in Perry Passe might be the two for the for the Ballymore, and then where do you go with Champ Kylie? He's already won over two six at Gal uh, at uh, Galway. He's, he's bred to stay like the better spring ground will help him see out the trip. I think he's the one that could come in here. So I think he's very interesting. Um, Grange Clare West is not one to, to sort of give up on at the moment. We'll learn more about him in the coming weeks. I thought this good land was, was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, this is, this is, this, I mean, if, if a horse is bred to stay, it's definitely this lad. Um, he's been really impressive. I thought in, in two starts, um, it's, it's in like do we think place. he's going to step up that much in trip? Yeah, well, he's into the, again. He's another entered in the Faneuil Lacey over two six yeah. at, uh, at Dublin. So, like looking at looking at that those entries in comparison to this race can, can sort of give you a little bit of an edge, a little bit of an advantage there. Um, yeah, I think he'll stay all day. Like he's got a sharp turn of foot, and, and like it must be said, you do need two mile speed to sort of win an Albert Bartlett. You do need that turn of foot. Um, so it's all, I mean, the last 10 winners of this race all started their careers over either two or two and a half, um, never over three miles. So they've all shown a little bit of speed, you know, to be able to cope with a race like that. I think he's very interesting. If he goes and wins at, at the Dublin Racing Festival, I think, I, I mean, I genuinely believe he's a grade one horse. I genuinely believe he's a proper, proper tool um, if they can put it all together. And a three miles is going to bring out that extra improvement in him like he's bred, like it's bred to, like he's bred to. I think he, he he could go very close in here, but they, 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 again, there's a couple that uh, that that interest me. But uh, I am waiting for this sort of to for, for the it just to weed out the chaff, if you know what I mean. Get rid of mm. the nonsense in here, and uh, let's look for some proper Grade One horses. But those were two, the two on my radar at the moment. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I, I half feel like the next couple of weeks, like you say, if a couple of trainers sort of step a few up and trip and run in their trials um 
whether they look at the Albert Bartlett thinking it's the weak race at the moment and, and that there could be an opportunity. So um be interesting to see where people send a couple of these. Um, Jerry, uh, Favori de Chantou is one that definitely stays. He's been running over three miles at the moment. He's been given a mark of 136, um, which he's effectively going to have to probably build on, but he was a grade two winner last time. Yeah, um, for me, obviously, he won his grade two fair play. That was great, but just for me, he's an eight-year-old you'd like to think there's going to be younger, more improving, progressive horses in the race to beat him. I know we kind of, we've kind of come to the conclusion it's probably not a vintage Albert Bartlett, but at the same time, I, I wouldn't be backing him. Um, a horse that I think is very interesting in the race is an English contender. We'd all like to, you know. Yes, woo! Is <laughs> Nigel Twiston Davis. We've all been caught. I think this horse, like you'd like to see Nigel's horse is probably in a bit better formed than what they are, but like I said, we've got eight weeks or whatever to the festival, loads of time. This horse, I think he's just going to improve again for going three miles. He's a monster of a horse. He's he's seventy. He's a hands. giant. Yeah, he's an absolute monster. I just love this horse. Um, he has form around the track. I think he's a massive price of fourteen to one, especially against some horses that we're very unsure about. A few horses that aren't going to run in the race. Um, so yeah, I think he's I think he's got a great chance for the English challengers this season, this year even. I must say, whatever he does over hurdles is a bonus on, for the future because he, he is an absolute monster. Mm. Um, but he's certainly one for the notebook long term as well, isn't he? Um, yeah. Any sort of bigger prices either of you wanted to throw in, or is that kind of all the horses that you kind of realistically fancy? Do you want to talk about your horse, Megan, or not? Oh, no, 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 that's okay, that's enough said, enough said. Which, which one's that, why, are you about to throw that one in, Daryl? No, because that's the tip that Charlie gave me last <laughs> week. Well, now you've let all the beans spill, haven't you? <laughs> I was on about the man driving the van, I just thought it was a good name, I just thought Megan, <laughs> she might have liked that name one. We can't tell people, it's uh, it's a confidentiality agreement. <laughs> Who's the man <laughs> driving the van? The man driving the van. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. Nah, yeah. he's got no chance. Um, no, go on. Let's touch on him. Let's touch on your your horse quickly. Stay away, Faye. Um, lovely horse. Um, made a, made a nice debut at uh, Newbury. Really stuck to the task well. Um, ground it out and uh, showed a lot of signs of it. He was going to improve for the run. Um, Charlie confirmed to us last week that he's he's come on a good good bit for that, and uh, he thinks that twenty five to one is a big big price. Yeah, he's likely to go to Doncaster um, next weekend. As God, the, the days are flying past. Yeah, next weekend he's likely to go to Doncaster, and we'll see how he get, gets on. And then he could well be heading towards Cheltenham, all being well. Um, but yeah, again, he's a horse that anything he does over hurdles is a bonus, to be honest. Um, but he certainly stays well, and the jockeys thought that the novice hurdle at Newbury was a good one so jerry seems to disagree because the horse that nikki ran is not one of their best but the jockeys were talking afterwards as if it was a nice race um so he is currently 25 to 1 if he wins at doncaster obviously that could well be shortening um so anyone who's interested in stay away Faye, keep an eye on him next weekend um and maybe have your one pound on at 25 to 1 at the moment and uh, you, you'll get a bit of value for, for that price um 
So we're kind of about time to wrap up before we lose Jerry again. We don't want to keep him too long. Um, so we will get picks, please, from both of the races. As usual, £20 for each race, sports but or exchange bet. Um, and as I've mentioned before, all the winnings will be going to the Interjockeys Fund, which is brilliant. Um, on Interjockeys, obviously, we wish... Jack Kennedy, a speedy recovery, and also Holly Doyle, who had a fall yesterday. Um, hopefully she is none the worse. She's getting checked out today. So um, two reasons why we love the Inter Jockeys Fund and can help those guys along. Firstly, um, the Triumph Hurdle. Are you going first in the Triumph? Where's your money going? My money's got... I've already, I've already had some money on Jupiter the Geek when we did our Christmas review show. So 20 quid on Blood Destiny. Okay, Jerry was also doing Blood Destiny. He's putting his twenty pound on there as well. Um, I am. This is super boring. Also, can we get Jerry to do the show like this next week, Meg? Yeah, I think this is great. Actually, isn't it? It's great. I don't know if it's the sort of combination of um, you know, Love Actually when they're at the door, or if it's more like a bit of what's that game show they used to do when with all the numbers and you um, you either got a. Oh. a Oh no, not countdown. Oh. I'll think of it. I'll, I'll think of it. Anyway, um the Albert Bartlett. Jerry's already writing his pick down. So we'll wait for him quickly. He's writing with great speed, I can tell. So at Jerry's Albert Bartlett pick is £10 each way on We've All Been Caught. Um it's there in writing, so he cannot change his mind. Uh Daryl, what about you? Um, I'm, I'm going to go, uh, good land, good land. 20 pounds straight on. Barry Connell, 20 pounds straight win. Yeah. Okay. That was your least, um, confident, confident <laughs> of bet of all we have done. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go, uh, 10 pounds each way on stay away Faye. Um, I'm going to hope that he wins at Doncaster next week and hope that my 25 to 1 is great value. So, yeah, each way, 25 to 1, um, stay away, Faye, from me. So um, thank you, everyone, for listening to myself and Daryl and the bits of Jerry that we managed to hear. Um, and remember that we have Racing Only Better, previewing all the weekend action on Thursday and also weighed in on Monday with the latest um, on all the action from around the world. Obviously, on racing, not BBC News. Um, we will be back next week with um, a preview of the stairs hurdle. Hopefully, we'll have a special guest as well, just in case we lose someone. Um, and everyone, most importantly, please remember to gamble responsibly. Jerry sends his best wishes and has waved us goodbye already. So now it's time for me and Daryl to sign off too.